You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens. Bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens. Brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. Hi, I'm Rob Schneider. And I am Kevin David Thomas. Happy throwback a Thursday. It's Thursday. You know what that means. Hashtag TBT. Time to shock me, Rob, with whatever you got. Oh, I will not be giving you the shocker, but thank you so much, Oh my Kevin. gosh, oh my gosh. That's how I interpreted it. I could totally be wrong. How are you, by the way? When I did West Side Story, I tell you, this is this is random. Like, when I was in college, we, we, were, you know, we were punks in college, right? So, like, I mean, this is very crass, and apologies to my mother, but, like, the shocker is a certain hand signal that means certain things, right? So the, our gang sign that we thought we were so funny when we were like spoon, womb to tomb, sperm to worm, that's what we would do. We would do, you would do the shocker. Yep. Stupid. If you are over 18 and you have a credit card number, you can Google the shocker. <laughs> if you're under 18, ask your parents' permission. <laughs> So that's a little side note there. That's, that's, uh, we're, we're stupid. I don't know. Was, I think that's, that's funny. Yeah, it's all right. A little disgusting, it's, it's but funny. Dumb, but yeah. that's what dudes do, though. I mean, you would do that. I don't know. I've never been a dude. Okay. Well, I do. don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I'm. I'm. I'm a bro. I'm. <laughs> I'm a bro. I walk around. I puff oh, out my chest. Yeah, you do. How much you lift? Four hundred pounds. I could lift five hundred. <laughs> I was with my girlfriend last night. <laughs> Bonnie. Bonnie. <laughs> I am reading a fantastic book right now. What are you reading? I'm reading this book, and I recommend it to everybody. It's called The Comedians, and it's by a gentleman named Cliff Nesteroff. Huh. And it's a history of comedy mm. in America from vaudeville yeah. all the way up to present day well, and how comedy evolved in our country. It's really fascinating. And if you like musical theater... It's really interesting because there's a lot of talk in there about vaudeville performers and oh, how yeah. they transitioned over into the stage into right. stage work. I just listened to Top Banana. Don't ask why, but Phil Silvers is in that, and Top Banana is about being the top banana, literally being the the number one. Yeah. The com- they comedian. talk about Phil they, Silvers in here. Oh yeah. man, I mean, he was totally. I mean, that that I love generation. Phil Silvers. I so think he's, he's. If you don't know Phil Silvers, 
He's he is something else. Yeah. But yeah, so anyway, if if you want something really interesting to read, the comedians the full title is The Comedians, Drunks, Thieves, Scoundrels, and the History of American Comedy by Cliff Nesterhoff. Sounds like a good book. That's Which, not your favorite thing. No, it's not my favorite thing, but it's a good book. Like maybe, it. maybe it will be my favorite thing maybe. at some point when I finish it. All right. Fantastic book. My favorite thing is a person. Yay! I think it's the first time I'm doing a person. I think it is, actually. We, yeah. we mentioned Dorothy Fields, uh, and uh, but that we also associated that her with, with Seesaw. seesaw. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is a person. A woman. Oh, good. We love that. A comedian. Oh. A fantastic comedian. Andrea Martin. I love her. Yeah. And she is one of my favorite things, but not this week, because this week... Dorothy Loudon <gasps> is going to be my favorite I thing. I just watched a clip on YouTube with her in it. For those the of vodka. you... Oh, we're going to talk about okay, sorry, vodka. Sorry, no, 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 no. I'm happy, I always I'm, like, I'm, get I'm excited and then I start... I love... Please. Dorothy Loudon is incredible. Miss Hannigan. M- Dorothy Loudon People was forget. Miss Hannigan. And Annie, for those of you who don't know who Dorothy Loudon was, she was the Carol Burnett of musical theater. In fact, it's ironic. She actually took over for Carol Burnett when Carol Burnett left the Gary Moore show in the 1950s to go on to her own career. The new comedian was Dorothy Loudon. Sadly, when they did the movie versions of Annie and Noises Off, the roles that Dorothy Loudon originated, Carol Burnett got. That's wild. So isn't that crazy? Dorothy Loudon was a very funny comedian. And if I do not think, honestly, there is a performer like her today. I agree. I agree 100%. She was she would eat the scenery. Bet Midler might. Bet Midler. Bet Midler. But she might cuz she can make you cry and laugh within 10 seconds. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, Bet yeah. Midler. We're going to be singing Hello Dolly pretty way, soon. Though. Not the same way though. No, Dorothy Loudon was, uh, was a she a unicorn. Dorothy Loudon is one of those performers you you watch her and you either love her or you hate her. Honestly, it's, it's, you either go one of the two ways with her. For those of you who don't know, she was in a couple of flops before she made it big in Annie. She was in a show called Nowhere to Go But Up, which oh, wow. has lyrics by James Lipton of Inside the Actor's right, Studio. Right. He actually wrote a musical. It's all on blue cards. Yeah. Um, the Fig Leaves Are Falling. Lolita, My Love, which is a musical Uh, version of Lolita. I actually have a recording of that. Do you really? I do. I believe it's the full show, too. I would love to hear that. Yeah. If you know Lolita, it's a pedophile musical, but apparently she was the best thing in it. Um, (laughs) she, she, She was one of these people that everyone on Broadway loved. They all thought she was brilliant. Mike Nichols thought she was brilliant. Everybody just thought she was a genius. And she finally, finally, finally hit it big when they asked her to play Miss Hannigan mm-hmm. in Annie. She is Miss Hannigan. Yeah. Keep your Cal Burnett. Keep your Kathy Bates. Keep Was it Kathy Bates or Rosie O'Donnell? Who played her in the... Kathy Bates played her in a movie. In the movie. Oh, that's okay. no, yeah. not Rosie O'Donnell. Yeah, no, Kathy Bates. Kathy Bates. Keep your yeah. Cameron Diaz. Yeah. Keep... Oh, gosh. Sorry. Keep them all. Because nobody compares to Dorothy Loudon. Mm-mm. Listen. Listen and watch. Listen to her... In Little Girls, Easy Street, she had this burlesque quality to her. She was just absolutely, absolutely brilliant. You can go online and you can see a couple of things. One, look at her her YouTube clips. I would like you to look at her, you could drive a person crazy slash losing my mind medley that she does at a Sondheim tribute. That's where it shows you how funny she can be and how she can break your heart in an instant. If you're familiar with a musical called Ballroom... I love this song. ...which was the first show Michael Bennett did after a chorus line, she does a beautiful song called 50%, which is a standard in cabarets. It's great for older performers. Take a listen to that. And that shows her acting as well. That I mean, shows that's not her funny acting. at all. That's no. just straight up tug at your heart. And then watch the YouTube clips of her doing Easy Street 
and little girls, you will be on the floor laughing. Hysterical. She is a big, she is a, one of those performers that I wish every performer was, which is you go big or you go home. Yep. There is nothing subtle. There mm-hmm. is nothing small. She is just in it to win it. Kevin mentioned at the beginning of this, her Tony Awards broadcasts are actually pretty amazing. They are. And there are two that you should look at. This is where people usually go, I don't know about her. Uh I think they're kind of genius. The first one is the 1983 Tony Awards. It was a Gershwin tribute. They asked her to sing this obscure Gershwin song called Vodka. Yeah. Which is a not, it's a very bizarre song. It's a It's a Russian woman who just likes to drink vodka, and when she drinks vodka, she gets loose. Not like loose, but like crazy loose. Mm-hmm. Do you want to talk about that for a second, except for the fact that it's brilliant? No, because it, it, I used to not get it when I was younger, and I would watch it, and I was like, I know this is amazing, but I can't quite understand it. And I watched it recently again, with a little more time having gone by, and I'm just completely blown away by her. By her, her it's very cl- it's clowning. I mean, she's basically clowning. She'll come out, she'll mug. Yes. She'll sing a little bit of the song, and then she just stops and does like a club act yep. where she just patter with the audience for a long time. Then she sings a little bit again, and then she comes back. But the best, the best, <laughs> her best, I think it's an ad lib, which is pretty genius. The people are laughing at her, and she stops and she says to them, I'm too good for this room in a thick Russian accent. And then she just totally breaks character and goes, I'm too good for this song. <gasps> And it's true. And you know what? It's true. Because the song is always like, mm-hmm. no. And it's hysterical. The one that I think is very bizarre, and um, she did this next year at the Tony Awards. They had her sing Broadway Baby, to which uh, the New York Times said, Miss Loudon has developed the art of mugging into something of a hyperactive disease. Oh. Her Broadway Baby is very bizarre. But I encourage people to watch it because she is committed to it 110%. Okay. Okay. And I applaud that, if nothing else. The last thing I'll throw at you is the New York Public Library received all of her papers and scrapbooks. She was a very big – what's the word? Scrapbooker? I don't know what the uh, word would be. Yeah, I guess so. She, oh, she kept yeah, scrapbooks she of everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, her clippings, her photographs, yeah. personal correspondence. Uh, and when she passed away, the New York Public Library received them. And they have put them all online. So what? you can go online and go through a virtual tour of everything in her scrapbook. You're rocking me right now. That's amazing. And so it's the New York Public Library. Type in the Dorothy Loudon collection, and you will see photographs and uh, wow. newspaper clippings and personal letters and correspondence. Her contracts. It's really, it's really, really fascinating. I think she's a wonderful performer. Unfortunately, we lost her in 2003. Oh. She was about to do a production of Dinner at Eight at Lincoln Center, and uh, she got ill and she passed. She leaves an incredible legacy of work behind. I'm thankful for YouTube in that we can at least celebrate that, that, that her work is there. You know, yeah. I think she would be lost to the ages because I don't think she was a household. I mean, people knew her, but I, it wasn't like, you know, Ethel Merman or, you no. know, like, it wasn't she, like that. In her entire life, she was only in two movies. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, and so, like under five, under five lines in each movie. And they, after the success of Annie, they tried to give her a television show called Dorothy in which she was the headmistress at a, uh, a girls' boarding school. Huh. And honestly, it was the facts of life. Yeah. It was honestly the facts of life. And she had it, I think, in her contract. She had to sing every episode. Nice. So there are some very bizarre 
Well, clearly, but, I mean, her Tony Award picks were. I mean, who decided oh, that? Yeah. Was that her? Was that yeah. like you know? I mean, cause so it's wacky. I, and I think they've put the entire. They only did six episodes of Dorothy, mm-hmm. and they're all available online. So you can you can watch the show. To be honest with you, the show is not very. It's not very well written. Right. It's not very well directed, and I don't think it really showcases her as much as these individual singing clips Check does. It out, yeah. So yeah, Dorothy Loudon. She's my favorite thing for she's this week. She's a great one, Rob. That's that's thank really you, good Kevin. One. And go in the collection. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Kevin, who's yours? All right, so I have, a, I have a I have a recording. I have a cast recording. This is a this is a recording that cast recording collectors cite this as a as a one of those recordings of a show that maybe was not successful, but the cast recording is is beautiful, and it's one of those scores that you listen to and you think. Oh man, why isn't this show done all the time? Now it took. It's 1959. We have the, you know back. I, I uh, back then you had musical plays, and you had musical comedies, right? In the 50s is when they kind of were joined together. Like West Side Story is a combination of both. You might say it's got some heart, it's, but it's also funny. A little Gypsy is another perfect example. Yeah. So this show was definitely more was darker, way way darker. In fact, audiences I think were not ready for the darkness of this. Now it's based on a play, and it starred. In a very serious role, kind of like Dorothy Loudon, someone who could act and be funny all the time, but also could be very, very serious. And this, uh, I think audiences probably weren't quite prepared for how serious this woman had to be. It's based on, well, I'm going to give it away right now. It's a Sean O'Casey Irish play, an Irish musical. Juno? It is Juno, my friend. Oh my friend. gosh! Well done! Took me forever. Mark Blitstein, who probably could be a favorite thing in his own right because not enough people know who this composer True. and writer is. Mark Blitstein was a very, very special writer who died way too soon um, and under horribly tragic circumstances. He was on an island in the Caribbean and was a victim of a hate crime. He went out with he we was he went out with uh, with with three guys that he thought perhaps were going to be some fun that night, and it turns out that they once he maybe hit on them a little bit, they beat him up and they beat him up so bad that he he they was taken to the hospital and he died from his wounds. I truly did not tragic, truly, know truly, that. truly, 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 truly horrible and tragic. And uh, and there are many things that you could say are the reason why Juno lasted only sixteen shows on Broadway. It starred Shirley Booth, who is. Just an incredible, com- incredible comedian, you would say. I mean, she did a lot of. She was in a tree grows in Brooklyn and kind of stole the show. We talked about when I when I used that as my favorite thing. Um, but they, everyone thought that this was going to be a hugely successful musical play. Uh, it was based on Sean O'Casey's play uh, Juno and the Peacock, uh, which is Irish for peacock, meaning it's a woman and a husband. Uh, um, 
the the matriarch of the household, which Shirley Booth played, and then the patriarch is a man named uh, well, the actor was Melvin Douglas, who was an old film actor. Melvin Douglas, yeah, and he really wasn't a musical theater singer, and so that was part of the problem as well because he wasn't. So the the story is essentially you know working class family in Ireland right after the Irish Revolution or right as the revolution's ending, and it starts the play starts with a funeral right in the middle of the opening song, which is an incredible song called "We're Alive," and it in the funeral starts it cuts right into the middle of the song, um, and it's about this family. Uh, the parents and the two kids and the father is an old uh, uh, sea captain who's a drunk and useless doesn't work at all doesn't do anything says he's gonna work but never goes to work and just goes to the bar and gets drunk instead uh, the son is injured from from um, being a fighter in the in the Irish Revolution and then the daughter uh, is this sings a beautiful song called uh, it must what, will, uh, it what be? will it be for me it's a great soprano song but it's a, it's about this family who gets they find out they're gonna get an inheritance and so then they start they try to get their act together, um, and the daughter thinks that she's going to maybe marry the guy that's you know offering the inheritance to them, and then the they start spending all their money on credit, and it turns out, of course, there's no inheritance, and they're even poorer off than they were before. The husband becomes even drunker than he was before. The son dies in an accident, uh, and then the and then the mother and daughter. It's really an empowering piece for women because then the, the wife Shirley Booth's character finally realizes that she has the strength to leave him and that he's no good for her and that she wow. can, she's he's the he's the peacock or the peacock he's all you know show but does nothing underneath it and so she finally leaves him juno uh the the you know the strong one and Why? so it's a very in the score oh my god rob like it's you listen to it and yes it's from 1959 the recording is is of its time but this the music is so theatrically driven will blow your mind it is just incredibly written why wasn't it successful then i want to say here's a couple of ideas so it was so they thought it was going to be such a hit that west side story left the Winter Garden Theater and moved to another theater so that the big Winter Garden Theater could be used for Juno. Now, it lasted only 16 performances and it closed and the West Side Story went right back into the Winter Garden. I didn't believe that and I looked it up. Sure enough, it's exactly what happened. Really? So that's how big they thought it was going to be. Gene Stapleton's in it. Gotta love it. Oh, Um, So, a couple things. I think that audiences were not prepared for such a serious subject matter in a musical. They knew the play... Because the play had been a couple, like a decade or two earlier, and I, I'm, I, I wonder if they are, if it was ahead of its time. Yeah. If it was a little too dark, it, it begins with a funeral and it ends with a funeral. And now the, the notion being like celebrate the life, you know, celebrate the life you have and take control of it. Oh, Joe Stein wrote the book, which I think is interesting because then he went on to do Fiddler on the Roof, uh, and he, that man had yeah, his hand in everything. He's over incredible. The time. They had a lot of trouble focusing it with uh, the the, uh, the director. They fired a couple of directors out of town, and they hired Jose Ferrer to come in at the last minute, oh, wow. who was known mostly at that time as an actor. Yeah. So then he's coming in to direct something that perhaps he's never really directed before, like in that, uh, yeah. mus- and a musical, a musical on top of it, you know? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, and unfortunately, Mark, Mark Blitzstein was um, called in front of the um, House on American Activities, Ooh. right in the midst of it, like right in 1958 as he's developing it. So Ooh. his name... You know, and then he wouldn't name names, and he was there was right when it was ending. You know, yeah. but, but still, you didn't want to be Jeez. on that side of things back then. So I think it was a political thing. I think it was a an audience not prepared for it kind of thing. You know, Wet's Eye Story did happen, and that had a dark story, but everyone kind of knew Romeo and Juliet, and we were prepared for that. But this this heartfelt Irish story about this family and this woman essentially leaving her husband to like start a new life with her daughter. 
Uh, I don't think that was really heard of at the time, especially in the late 50s. So, wow. uh, yeah. So, but I, I would love to see it done today. The, the Encores did it uh, like a decade ago with Vicki Clark. Oh, yeah. And, people, and, it was, sure. and I think well done. But I would, like to see it, I would like to see it done today because I think today we have, we have acting singers who can sustain the singing and the acting that's required in it. Jeez. So there I, you go. I, you know, I am fascinated. Now yeah. I want to go and read it it's, and listen yeah, to it. Yeah. The, it, it's a, it's a, and Mark Blitzstein was, and he, he or helped orchestrate it, which I think is cool because for those of you listening to shows, you may not know this, but or, you know, an opera, a composer will orchestrate their own work. In classical music, of course, Mozart did all of his orchestration, duh. But, but in musical theater, you know, Stephen Sondheim writes his ideas out, but Jonathan Tunick comes in and fills it out to say, oh, the trumpet should play this. And all. Well, Mark Blitzstein helped orchestrate it with Robert Russell Bennett, who was a famous orchestrator for Oklahoma and all of those Rodgers and Hammerstein shows, and Hershey Kay, another great great orchestrator mm. but they but i like that mark blitzstein did all of it he also wrote a lot of uh, sort of opera type show uh, I wanna, i'm not gonna even say musicals in opera well one of my favorites is regina but yeah. i'll talk about that another day Ooh. um but yeah i'm a huge fan of mark blitzstein because he like Minotti, he 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 wrote theatrical music the story is in the song like sondheim and a life ended too soon apparently way too soon Jeez, totally I, tragic. I did not know any of that yeah That's, totally tragic I, i'm gonna go and listen to this tonight so a little serious throwback i'll, I'll Thursday. It for you oh thank you Rob. one of my Please. favorite seinfeld episodes george is talking about his mother and he goes i had the only mother on the block who was uglier than hazel and he said the kids used to be so mean to me about it and jerry goes well, what do they say he goes your mom's uglier than hazel <laughs> And that was that was the <laughs> and that, that always makes me so laugh. Your mom's really ugly. She's uglier than Hazel. <laughs> that's it. Shirley Booth yeah. from Juno. That's yeah. that's why. That's... I love Shirley Booth though. Me, I and, actually like her. On and Hazel. this cast recording, she sings a song at the end, and it is you know her her, her son's dead. All these horrible things happen to her, and it's her like eleven o'clock number. And I'm uh, it's. It is shockingly incredible the acting that you you hear her crying in it and you're in the you're in the studio you're not on stage you haven't done the whole show but you it's as if she had been doing the show and you hear the crying in her voice and it's real you buy it it's incredible it's really interesting because she was she, amazing actress and she's best known for a dopey little sitcom from the sixties there are yeah. so many actors like that who were so incredible and so wonderful and they get. I hate to say reduced, but they get reduced to, oh, she played the silly maid yeah. on the TV show. Yeah. Oh, Alec Guinness was Obi-Wan Kenobi in Star Wars. Great. Exa- yeah. No, he was, yeah. he was Alec Guinness. Yeah, no, he hated that. That was what he was known for. You know? Yeah, and no, that's, and that's right. really sad. But I think it's wonderful for us to get exposed to people who, who have had incredible... Like Linda Lavin, I think, is another one that people go, oh, she's yeah. the TV actress from, from Alice. No, she has a no. very, very long, wonderful career before totally. that and even after that. Or who unfortunately just passed away. But oh, uh, uh, Beth Howland. Oh, Beth Howland. My God, from, David uh, Thomas. Uh, yes. Uh, Company. Yes. Beth Howland, of course. Who was a great actress and they know her as, you know... Vera from yeah. Alice as well. A lot of Alice love today. Uh, so, so yeah, cool. Yeah, I love it. So a little darkness, but a little uh, a little lightness in the in the in the in the musicality of it all. So uh, till next time, take care. <laughs> take care, guys. Raindrops on roses and whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. These are a few of my favorite things. These are a few of my favorite things. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E.org because only together we rise. Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Gapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. <laughs> 